We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another edition of DFS OG's podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. Happy Halloween, everybody out there. We'll be bringing my fellow OGs, Victorious Head Chopper. Chop, we'll start with you. I know you're are you anti-Halloween or you're just anti-costume, but I know this is one of your least favorite holidays out there. So how are we doing, brother? What are the big plans here for Halloween, Chop? Well, the plans are, you know, get the kids they can they can have a little fun dress they can dress up <laughs> they can go out and get some candy if you come to my door you'll definitely get some candy but in no way shape or form am i going to dress up unless they request it was a special request from my kids won't i'm not going to dress up for my wife that's a little goofy and i'm certainly not <laughs> i'm certainly not a a single adult male who just dresses up for the hell of it that's a that's just out there so That'll be my rant for the week, but you guys running out there as 30-year-olds with no kids and just dressing up for the hell of it, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with y'all, man. I was going to say, well, and I love the teenagers that show up to your house, and they'll just show up, like, with a T-shirt on, and it's red, and what are you? I'm a stop sign or something. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Derek, you a Halloween guy or not? Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit of a Halloween guy. I don't dress up anymore these days, but, uh, you know, in my young twenties, we threw some big Halloween parties. You had to have a good costume, uh, to get in. But now, I mean, I can't even handle more than a few shots. Uh, I just like to sip a few beers, hand out some candy. Uh, the wife's sick, the kid's sick, my dog's even sick. Um, so we're going to be staying home. Uh, oh, you, you better take cover, my friend. You know what happens <laughs> when all that goes down. You're, you're next on the list. Your days are numbered. So, Glad we got you in here. Hope everybody's feeling better uh, in the Farnsworth household. We kind of go out, the, the, the wives here all get together and hang out at the house, hand out candy. The guys take the kids trick-or-treating, but I'm a chop. I'm not dressing up. You know, I'm walking around with my beer, having a good time with the kids. Uh, the weather's usually crappy. It always tends to rain or snow here on Halloween, but looking forward to it. 
nonetheless. But we are here to talk some football. So, guys, before we get in to week nine, can't believe we're already at week nine, how did things go in week eight? Hopefully we have better news to report. Chop, better week eight? Yes, NFL picked up this week. Good, good. NFL picked up. It was uh, – it was much more productive than last week. You know, uh, in hindsight, whew, so so many things you could do in hindsight, but uh, in hindsight, I wish, you know, a 40% chalky, you know, James Conner wouldn't have hit so hard. I probably would have done better because, I, you know, guys like that, you, you just – you need to lock them in or you need to fade them, and I didn't, I didn't do either. I kind of middled him, and so I didn't really gain any ground on the field. Just, you know, something you could try to do next time I could try to do. But in hindsight, he was a guy you probably should have locked in. So uh, I regret that. But, you know, it's still a much more productive week. Derek, week eight. So we have better news on your end. Hell has frozen over. Uh, finally <laughs> had a good week of NFL. Uh, more than doubled up uh, in the main slate and then actually cashed uh, in one of these primetime slates. Oh, or sorry, oh, the showdown ooh, slate. There you nice. go. And I think I've played in like 12 of them. I think that was the first time I cashed in any of them. So, uh, yeah, things are looking up. That would make it a clean sweep. I had a great week last week as well. So, cash games are real good despite some zeros that will hit on. You can survive those in cash games. But, you know, tournaments weren't great, but cash games pretty much swept the board. So, much better week. So, let's keep the momentum going. And let's start with a little prime time. But before we get in that, any uh, poor one outs before we get going here? Chop. Uh, pour one out. Uh, you know what? Uh, you have to get back to me. I need to, I need to, I need to gander right. over my notes. All right. <laughs> or Derek, any pour one outs before we get going here? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure they'll come up as we talk about some of these teams, but none come to mind immediately. All right. Well, I'm going to pour one out and, and not in a bad way, in a good way for the city of Cleveland who finally got rid of Hugh Jackson. They can move on. They, they got they pretty much cleared house there. Todd Haley also out. So good pour one out for Cleveland there. I'm sure their fans are ecstatic, so we'll see if we get any changes with the Cleveland offense, defense, but no more Hugh Jackson. Got to be a good thing there. So kudos to you, the city of Cleveland. Now let's talk this Thursday night football, guys. Oakland, San Francisco, not the sexiest game on the slate. Two teams pretty much playing for the number one pick, it seems, at this point. So we'll start with our short slate guy here, Chop. We'll talk the, th- the Sunday, the Thursday night showdown, the captain. What are we doing here, Raiders and 49ers? Whew, all right, so you said pour one out. Let's, I'll just go ahead, and I'm going to give you several pour one outs this week as we go here. I'll start off right here. Pour one out for Martavis. I don't know. You know, I don't know what happened to the guy. He's an ultra-talented guy, and I can't imagine that uh, just smoking a little weed, you know, has done this to his career, but, you know, he's, he's out of it, man. You know, we, I think a lot of people, a lot of smart people, so I guess I'm in the same boat. Huh? That's lucky. I'm in there. I'm in their category. But a lot of guys thought he would really produce this past week, and he didn't put it up. He didn't even get the opportunity. That was the weird part about it. So, pouring out for Martavis. Won't be going back to that well anytime soon unless I see things change. But uh, I think this is a solid little game here for a Thursday night slate. Get your weekend kicked off. Derek Carr actually looked halfway decent last week, and I know San Francisco has, has an improved defense, but there's not something I'm trying to avoid at all. So, I like a little Derek Carr here. Jalen Richard is my preferred running back, especially in this kind of a game. And uh, looking at the looking over their their targets, Brandon LaFell is the one who stepped up and did what Martavis, what we thought Martavis might do. So LaFell's in the mix. Seth Roberts is in the mix, and uh, Jared Cook is, I think, their number one pass catcher, regardless of position right now. So 
Raiders don't don't look too terrible right there. And on the flip side, San Fran, maybe they get back on track. Beathard, he can beat up on some cupcakes and, and get some things done in garbage time. So maybe this is one that he can get – he can survive here. Brieta looks good. And I definitely, definitely like Goodwin here as one of the – he'll be my captain in those, in those uh, primetime slates. Yeah, he just – that home run ability, he brings to the table. You know, it's tough to match, and that's what you want in these spots. All it takes is one. We saw him have a big game. Uh, at Green Bay, I think another big game is in the cards, so I like that call. Derek, let's get over to you here. So coming off of cash here, we've been feeling good about these showdown slates. What are your thoughts here on Niners and Raiders? Yeah, still feeling the burn from Martavis Bryant, like a lot of people. You know, the coaching staff was talking him up all week, and then he played 14% of the snaps. I don't really get it. Uh, but LaFell did step up, played pretty well. So, uh, you know, maybe they saw something that – we didn't. Uh, don't mind looking at LaFell. Definitely like the Raiders passing game quite a bit. You can play Carr. You can play Cook. Uh, Jalen Richard played 45% of the snaps compared to Doug Martin's 55%. This is a game where they are uh, underdogs, so I could see Richard getting a bunch of targets out of the backfield. Definitely my preferred play at running back. And then on the opposite side, uh, I do like George Kittle quite a bit. The Oakland Raiders have struggled against tight ends for years and years. Uh, you can maybe play him in your captain uh, if you don't want to play a quarterback there. And, yeah, with the running backs, just wait and see approach. You know, Breda just is always hurt, but he's always, uh, you know, seemingly active. So if he ends up playing, uh, you know, I don't really want to touch that backfield. But if he ends up sitting, then you could look at uh, Mostert or however you pronounce his name. Did we ever figure out how to pronounce that? We're, we're sticking with Mustard. <laughs> Mustard. Okay. Um, and this is a slate where you can play the kickers. Um, should be, you know, both of these teams moving the ball quite a bit. Uh, so I don't mind playing the kickers in these showdown slates. Yeah, the old double kicker almost had me in the winning lineup last night. Shared it with about 8,000 people. But uh, Zay Jones passed me by uh, once Housh couldn't get enough points. But, you know, love using that in those kind of games. I think this one uh, certainly kickers are in play, defenses are in play. So, again, not the prettiest game, but I agree, Chop. I, I think this is a fun one. Uh, and Derek, good points there as well. Let's move on to the main slate here. We'll start with Chicago and Buffalo. No London games this week. Uh, everything's starting at 1 o'clock, so we don't have to get up super early and check injuries or anything. But Buffalo, guys, last night was absolutely brutal watching this team. So they get another home game. They get the Chicago Bears, who got it done at home against the Jets. Now coming into Buffalo, Derek, are you expecting any letdown here? Or is this just a spot Chicago comes in? and handles business, and can we possibly roster anybody from Buffalo? I don't see anybody of interest. Yeah, I mean, it might be a little bit of a letdown offensively, but I still think they take care of business and win this game. As far as Buffalo is concerned, yeah, I don't want to play Derek Anderson or uh, Peterman if he ends up getting the start. don't really want to touch LaShawn McCoy. I mean, the price is decent, but this Bears defense is no joke. And, yeah, I'm not really trusting any of their pass catchers at the moment. Zay Jones looked pretty good against the Patriots, but a much tougher matchup this time around. And then on the other side, I mean, not a ton of interest from me um, when it comes to the Bears. I uh, played a little Jordan Howard last week, got bailed out by a late touchdown. Uh, he just looks slow. So if you want to play Tariq Cohen, certainly don't mind that. And then uh, when it comes to their receiving core, just got to wait and see with Allen Robinson. Uh, if he ends up being out, then you can – bump up Anthony Miller he was a nice value play last week still only 3,700 uh, so he'll probably become the chalk if he ends up if Robinson ends up being out again yeah I don't mind going back to Trey Burton you know coming off that big game was popular last week only 4.8 points uh, last week so I think this is a decent spot for him to bounce back especially 
uh, if Robinson is going to be out and Miller is going to be the popular option. I like Trey Burton. Chop, Bears, Buffalo, what do you got? Okay, uh, I'll make it quick. Buffalo is completely off the table for me. Don't want that. And Chicago is almost off the table all the way also. Just, uh, you know, everything's running through Cohen, Tariq Cohen these days. So he's a guy I think you could play in any on any week, any given matchup. So he's a guy I would turn to. But I'm not, I'm not too interested in uh, the receiving core here or – uh, Trubisky Cabell, yeah, with his feet. So, I mean, I guess for GPPs, you keep him in play. But otherwise, this Buffalo defense is actually uh, pretty impressive considering all things considered. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they played well last night. I mean, yeah. New England down. I mean, it got away at the end there, but pretty much hold them to one touchdown. I can count the pick six against them. So, it is a tough spot for Chicago. But that Buffalo offense, I saw something that Todd Gurley has more points this year than the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy how bad that offense is. So let's move on to a better game. Nice big total here for us, Tampa Bay and Carolina. Chop, it's magic back in our lives, baby. Winston hits the bench. It's been announced Fitzpatrick is going to start. Where is your interest level? Let's start there. High total game. What are we doing with Fitzpatrick? Jeez, I don't know. This is – it's so bizarre that – you would just go ahead and turn the keys over to Fitzpatrick, man. I mean, whew, you know, yeah, the number one draft pick there. I know he's looked he's looked terrible at times. He throw he makes some weird mistakes, but at times he looks like a really good quarterback. It's just just bizarre that you would let a journeyman quarterback this late in his career take over. But you know, whatever. Uh, at Carolina, not a terrible, not a terrible. Man, I had a. Uh, Read something last week going into that Baltimore game, Baltimore-Carolina. Carolina's pass defense has allowed two or more touchdowns every game this year. So, I'm sure you can fire up Fitzpatrick and GPPs if you want to. I'll pass on the running backs. Mike Evans, always a great play. Uh, and with Deshaun kind of stumbling around a little bit, maybe maybe Godwin gets unleashed here pretty soon. And, and one of my favorite plays moving forward is O.J. Howard. He's just a stud, man. So, O.J. Howard. And then on the flip side, we've, we say it every week, Cam Newton is a GPP specialist. You can play him every week regardless of matchup. Obviously, this week is is huge against Tampa Bay. Pair him with McCaffrey if you want to. Pair him with Funches. And uh, Greg Olson makes for a decent cash game tight end, I think, but not much in, in GPPs. I don't think the upside's there. But, again, another touchdown last week. Like, they get around the goal line. Cam either runs it in or he looks for Olson first. So, that's a good uh, cash game pairing. Yeah, I'm going to add DJ Moore to the mix. Uh, a great oh, tweet yeah. by Graham Barfield uh, from NFL.com. Season high in snaps, 70% snap rate, 26 routes run, six targets last week. And we know that Tampa Bay's defense it really struggles with the slot position. We saw Tyler Boyd uh, put a huge game on the board. So I like him. And then the Tampa Bay wide, receiver, wide receivers, that is. And don't forget Fitzpatrick loves to throw the wideouts and tends to ignore the tight end where Winston seems to be the opposite. So, like you mentioned, Chop, Evans, Jackson, Godwin, all in play for me here in this one. Derek, Fitzpatrick or no here against Carolina? I won't be playing Fitzpatrick, but I agree with Chop. Not really sure what the Buccaneers are doing. Uh, he's not going to be their long-term answer, so you would think they would get a you know harder look at Jameis the rest of the year. But, uh, hey, I'm always uh, down to watch Fitzpatrick throw it around a little bit. And the hope is that uh, he just scores enough points to keep the Carolina offense uh, aggressive. You know, last oh, week we saw. Derek, Derek, I got to ask you a question while I'm thinking about it, man. <laughs> yeah. You ready? 
So if you could reverse time here and you had that number one pick and you were ahead of Tampa Bay, would you take Jameis or would you pull the trigger on Todd Gurley? Those are your two choices. Well, I mean, now I'd obviously take Gurley. But, oh, uh, go first round. No, Derek, don't <laughs> say, say you're lying, man. All the analytics guys are going to – they're going to boot you out of the club, man, if you say that. Yeah. Uh, I like to keep, uh, you know, one foot in each camp. That way uh, – <laughs> There you go, <laughs> man. Toe the mill. Um, yeah, but anyway, I mean, we saw the Bengals' offense. I believe they scored four touchdowns in their first four or five drives last week against the Bucks. Um, and I kind of expect Carolina to do the same thing here. They should get anything they want. You can beat him through the air on the ground. I like Cam. I like uh, McCaffrey. I think you compare the two together. McCaffrey, just such a high floor. He scored at least 14 fantasy points in every single game uh, so far this season. Only has three touchdowns, I believe, all year, too. Uh, I like the DJ Moore call quite a bit at 4,300. Um, so those would be my three uh, main targets for Carolina. And if you want to bring it back from uh, you know a couple of these wide receivers from Tampa Bay, don't mind it. Uh, Carolina has been much tougher on wide receiver ones than wide receiver twos. So I'd probably lean toward Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin in tournaments. Not going to be falling for Peyton Barber, even if Ronald Jones ends up being out. Uh, He got hurt last week. Barber still only played 48% of the snaps. He doesn't have a catch in any of the last two games. So I wouldn't be uh, falling for that $3,600 price tag on DraftKings. I love the game stack here. I mean, the total open at 53 and a half. We're up to 55 in some spots. So I like that. And I really like Cam in the spot. Uh, Chop, I know you mentioned him, but we know Tampa Bay has given up a ton of production to the quarterback position. So you can mix and match who you pair him with. You don't have to pair him. The old naked Cam, you can go that route. But certainly a game you're going to want to target with such a big total uh, and two defenses, especially Tampa's, uh, that's really struggling right now. Next game for us on the slate. Kansas City travels to Cleveland so that the Chiefs machine rolls on, Derek. You know, Davis Maddock, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes, continues to get it done. I'm hoping we can get that nickname for him. Uh, Firmly established, but going into Cleveland here, is it just all Kansas City once again? I mean, what what guys aren't in play here for Kansas City? Yeah, it's all Kansas City. A key injury to monitor monitor is Tyree Kill. Uh, listed as questionable. Sounds like he pulled his groin late in that game. So if he ends up being out, then this becomes a very concentrated offense. We could uh, fire up Kelsey and Watkins. And so far, the Browns have been sort of a run funnel defense. They're very good against the pass. They can get pressure on the quarterback. I don't really think that's going to matter against Mahomes. Uh, but I do think it opens up the door for another big game for Kareem Hunt. Uh, we've seen him get six targets each of the last three weeks. Uh, nobody can tackle this guy. I mean, he's hurdling tacklers. Uh, anytime there's like a big pile, he just seems to come out of it and uh, just making some huge plays right now. So love Cream Hunt in all formats. Uh, probably going to target the running game instead of Mahomes uh, just because that price is pretty expensive and there are a lot of good quarterbacks in this slate. But as far as Cleveland goes, you know, if they can keep Baker Mayfield upright, uh, maybe this is a spot where they finally get their offense going a little bit. Uh, I think it's a Duke Johnson type of game uh, where they're going to be playing from behind. So they're going to need him in there. And I, I played Landry every single week. No reason for me to stop now, especially on FanDuel. That price is just always too cheap. And it should be a good bounce back spot for Najoku. As long as Eric Berry is still out for the Chiefs, I don't think he's even practiced yet so far this year. So uh, Najoku, after putting up that goose egg last week, I think a lot of people will be hesitant to go back to that well. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. I mean, that, that was a grown-ass man run there, Chop. I mean, he, he put it on them. So my question to you is, can we play Nick Chubb? We saw Philip Lindsay have a decent game here. We know Kansas City, the absolute worst team against the run, according to DVOA. Obviously, they're big underdogs. You worry about the game getting out of hand. 
Can you play a guy like Nick Chubb? And then your thoughts here on the rest of this game, especially the Chiefs side. Could you play Nick Chubb? Yeah, it's either one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to feature Nick Chubb and he's going to have a good game, or they're going to get Duke Johnson involved for the first time this year and he's going to have a. He's going. They both can't coexist. I don't think in the same game, but one of the others going to have like they fired, they cleaned house on everybody. So maybe they're either going to turn this thing over to Chubb or they're going to finally get Duke involved. I don't know what the new guy is going to do, but um, yeah, I think you could play Nick Chubb. Maybe that's their goal this week ball control and keep it out of the hands of Mahomes. I don't know uh, but I think everybody's squarely in play in this game on both sides Mayfield Chubb Duke you'd pick between Chubb and Duke Landry Callaway looked good last week and Joku poured one out for that lineup that was a nice goose egg so uh but I mean he's he'll he'll bounce back he's good and this is a good matchup so wouldn't hesitate to run him back for Kansas City yeah the Tyreek Hill thing is a big is a big issue but I mean, I would still probably favor Kelsey regardless of if Hill was active or not. I think Kelsey's the guy in this game. Mahomes is obviously priced through the roof, but deserves to be. And Kareem Hunt sh- shook off those first two weeks, which were disappointing as far as, you know, total touches. And he's really bounced back. And he's probably, what, right behind Gurley maybe as the best fantasy back in football here since that point. So, yeah, fire him up, man. It's a great game right here. Any interest in these cheap, let's say Tyree kills out, and then we assume Denzel Ward is on walking. So, obviously, Kelsey is very intriguing. Any interest in some of these cheaper Kansas City guys, Conley, Demarcus Robinson, any of those guys chop, or is it just stick with the big guys? I would just, I'm sticking with the big guys. Derek, any interest in any of those cheap Kansas City pieces or, or stick with Kelsey and Hunt and Watkins? Uh, maybe in tournaments. I mean, Conley at 3,200, but for the most part, just sticking with the, the big guys. All right, so in the same camp, just wanted to get it out there for anybody wondering and looking at those value pieces, I tend to agree. You know, those guys will, will get, you know, obviously more run, but we really haven't seen any huge games out of these guys until everybody's out, and it's week 17. So uh, probably not a, a value pieces I'm looking at either. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. All right, next game for us, Jets in Miami. So we go some, from some good games to eh, maybe not so much here. 45-point total, a three-point spread. Derek, we'll start with you here. What are we doing? These two teams obviously both kind of struggling right now, figuring out who they are. But maybe Sam Darnold, back in some warm weather, can get some things going. Uh, what's the interest level here, Jets and Dolphins? Interest level is very low. Uh, we can pull one out for this game as a whole. Uh, only a 45 total right now. And, yeah, I mean, Osweiler and Darnold, just not really the two quarterbacks that I want in a high-scoring game. Um, you know, Tannehill, who knows if he's going to be back. Sounds like he threw a tennis ball last week, so not sure what that means. Um, and the running backs, you can maybe look at Crowell. Uh, the Dolphins have struggled against uh, running backs. We know uh, Pile is out. Kenny Drake's come alive a little bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's getting more involved in the passing game, and they're giving him a little bit more work in the running game as well. Then at wide receiver, uh, the two options that are interesting, Devontae Parker finally got going, played 100% of the snaps last week, caught six of nine targets for 134 yards. 
Then on the other side, Jermaine Curse just continues to let everyone down. But he saw 10 targets last week. Only caught three of them. Uh, but I do like the 10 targets. That game was really windy in Chicago. So maybe he gets going a little bit. Um, and the third week, there's no way he's going to be chalked for the third week in a row. I hope not. I, got, I just got to quit some Jermaine Curse. We backed it up. It started out well. He had some numbers right away and then didn't do anything the rest of that game. So a uh, 4,200, the price creeping up a little bit, but still, you know, they're down a lot of pass catchers once again. We'll see uh, if any of these guys, Robbie Anderson, can come back. Chop, Jets, Dolphins, looks pretty ugly. I'm pretty much in lockstep with Derek. Not a ton I like in this game. Are uh, you of the same opinion or are there some plays here that you're digging out? Oh, guys, I vehemently disagree. I think we can find some fantasy goodness in this game. Well, let's hear it. Let's I'm hear not, it yeah. I want to start off on the Jets side. So I'm not – I know Elijah McGuire is going to be the flavor of the week because, uh, you know, the everything we've seen from him in the past. But uh, I don't know if they just give him the automatic Bilal Powell role right away. I think Crowell, who has obviously had some slate-breaking games this year, this is a very good matchup for Bilal Powell. I mean, for Isaiah Crowell. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to run Crowell out there, at least in GPPs. I think that, you know, you just never know. We've seen it before. So I like Crowell. Uh, the pass catching, whew, that's a little rough. You know, the curse. You, you roster Jermaine, he will make you curse all right. I mean, it's, sure he's been rough these past. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't know if I want to go pass catching, but I do like, I do like Crowell. But on the flip side, the Jets defense, not good. They've getting they've gotten lit up by pass catchers lately. So I think we can turn to a guy like Devontae Parker, man, number one pick. He's always had the talent. For some reason was in the doghouse between the doghouse and injuries. That's the only thing. I don't think anybody's ever questioned what he's done on the field. Looked great last week. If they want to give him, you know, they want to give him run now, he'll tear the secondary up. Uh I don't think they can turn things over to Amendola and J- Jakeem Grant's only – he can only go so far, man. He's like 5'5", five, five, you know. He's like he's, He only does so much. So, I think Devontae Parker has a possibility here of uh, having an, another nice game. So, I think there's some pieces here that will go completely under the radar that we can uh, that we can find and roster. All right. If you say so. I mean, your points are, are valid. <laughs> I mean, I, it's just a game. I tend to, to look the other way. But it's, it's early in the week, you know, and the more you dig in, I think there is some decent value there. we got to keep an eye on Kenny Stills, uh, where it is he may return here. But if not, you know, those receivers, they're all cheap. They're all 4,700 or below against a bad secondary. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Next game. Now, this one should be a lot of fun, Chop, to watch as a football fan. We always say this. Pittsburgh and Baltimore – but for DFS, what are we doing here? We know Baltimore is a good defense. Some people tell me defense doesn't matter. Where are we going here, Steelers and Ravens? This is an interesting game because, you know, I think, I didn't, I think we've made a comment on this before that these, these Pittsburgh-Baltimore games used to be these, you know, knockout, drag-out fights that, yep. you know, that take, but recently they've actually had some, some offense in these, in these games. So – you know, I think I think there's things you can do here. Uh, Baltimore is obviously a, a good team, but like it, it doesn't matter when you get a really good offense clicking. So if if Big Ben can get it in gear, don't mind Brown or Schuster. They can put up either one of them can put up big games here. Uh, I would the guy I would probably fade this week is Connor coming off the big game, and this is just not the matchup. Although he's made his he's made his mark with checkdowns too, pass catching. So. I guess he's in play too, but for me, that would probably be a fade on the flip side. Baltimore, yeah, I don't want to take a chance on the running back by committee, 
So I think a guy like John Brown or Michael Crabtree, but specifically Brown for me, could be a guy that, uh, you know, has a good game here. Pittsburgh's not immune to giving up big offensive games on the road. Yeah, Connor's only game under 14 fantasy points came against Baltimore in week four. Only had 9.4 in that game. So clearly a a matchup that's difficult, but the price, 7,200. We're going to get into some DraftKings pricing issues here. I might go on a rant here later or in part two, but he feels a little bit underpriced. Derek, where do you come out on this, on James Conner and then the rest of this game, Pittsburgh and Ravens? Yeah, I wanted to come on the pod and say to fade Conner like Chop did, but that price point, I mean, it's too appealing for me. Uh, he gets a lot of work on the ground. He gets all the you know pass-catching work out of the backfield, and then he gets all the goal line work too. So he offers such a high floor that uh, I certainly like him at that price point. Don't love the Steelers' offense as a whole. Uh, Baltimore's ranked sixth in DVOA against the pass, fourth against the run. This is the second uh, time that these two teams have faced each other this season, typically the second time. A little more uh, tougher on the quarterback. We have Big Ben outdoors. So, yeah, I'm a little worried about this offense as a whole. Maybe take a shot on Antonio Brown in tournaments. Uh, On the other side, I agree with Chop. Love John Brown here. Uh, I know Chop likes him because of his air yards. Mm. we're gonna get to air yards don't worry (laughs) but yeah i mean this game just doesn't have a ton of appeal for me outside of uh john brown and connor i think all right let's move on to the next one or top do we get your thoughts on that one or am i skipping (laughs) by you there oh you're good we we got them yeah you all right i'm moving along (laughs) i'm losing my marbles here detroit and minnesota uh, is our next game here on the main slate two games left for us here starting at one o'clock so Detroit, we got the news yesterday, traded Golden Tate away to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Derek, let's get started with you here. What does this do for Marvin Jones, for Kenny Galladay? Obviously opens things up. The bigger question, who else benefits from this move in the Detroit passing game? And then the Minnesota side of things. I'm big on Latavius Murray this week at home against a team that just cannot stop the run as long as Dalvin Cook is out. So a lot to unpack here, Lions and Vikings. Yeah, I think it's a really good game, uh, especially with Tate out. This was already a concentrated pass offense, and it's just going to lead to more targets for Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, both of them are really cheap, uh, 5500 uh, for Galladay, 5300 for Jones on DraftKings. Uh, going to have to see who Xavier Rhodes shadows uh, if he is active. Uh, I think he missed last game against the Saints. So uh, I think both of them are in play, and then uh, if we get word that Rhodes is going to shadow one, then I'll just uh, definitely load, be loading up on the other. It's also worth noting that the Vikings are dead last in uh, you know, allowing pass catching running backs, uh, you know, fantasy points to pass catching running backs. So that's definitely good news for Carry On Johnson, who has played uh, pretty well. You know, didn't get much going on the game ground against the Seahawks, only 22 rushing yards, but he did catch six targets or six receptions for 69 yards. Um, so I think there's some interesting plays here. The Vikings defense has not been very good this season, even at home. They've been giving up. You know, some pretty big outings. So I think there's a lot to like on the Detroit side. Uh, not really sure their wide receiver three is going to be. Maybe TJ Jones. Um, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. And then for the Vikings, I mean, it's been pretty easy. You play Adam Thielen. You take your 20-plus fantasy points and uh, you move on. 8,900 seems like a lot. But, I mean, his lowest fantasy outing in the last uh, seven games has been 26 fantasy points, which is pretty crazy. He's basically a lock to hit the 100-yard bonus. Uh, seven catches, and then if he gets in the end zone, uh, he gets up to 30. So I like Thielen once again. Uh, if Dalvin Cook's out, you can go right back to Latavius Murray. We've seen the Lions just get shredded on the ground this season. 
gave up another big outing uh, last week to the Seahawks running backs. And you can always play Kirk Cousins. Um, he's been playing well all year, got a lot of weapons to work with. So I think this is an interesting game. As long as the Lions can keep up a little bit, it uh, should be very high scoring. Now, Chop, we look at the difference in salary between Thielen and Diggs every single week, and we continue to say, oh, we got to play Diggs. Now that salary is a $2,100 difference. So I ask the question once again, Thielen or Diggs? I'm going back to Diggs. It's not like Diggs. <laughs> Well, it's not like Diggs let us down here on Monday, on a Sunday night. He yeah. actually outperformed Thielen, so at a cheaper price, I'll go back to it. I think uh, they're both solid. That makes Cousins solid too. So that's a great little stack right there. We, as long as Dalvin Cook's out, I just don't, Minnesota just doesn't run as much unless they have that lead, and I'm not sure they have a big enough lead to like totally pull the shoot on the passing game early. So Cooks, Thielen, and Diggs, nice little. Uh, trio there to go with in your tournaments on the flip side so we we kind of debated before the show we don't know how to handle this we don't know what the sites are going to do with these guys like uh golden tate going to a new team demarius thomas going to a new team we don't know if those points are going to count but uh we do know that the teams that they left those points are going to count so I, i get the galladay and jones marvin jones calls but uh, how about a men's salary, T.J. Jones, who may slide up and see all the snaps in the slot? I don't think they'll move Galladay. I mean, Galladay plays there sparingly. Marvin Jones hardly ever goes to the slot. So maybe they leave those guys on the outside, and T.J. Jones just slides up into the slot and gets all the snaps, in which case 3K, dead men's salary. That's not a bad cash game for a pass-happy offense like this. So I think that that could be a route to take. But, of course, Galladay Jones, solid, and Carrion is starting to prove himself. But I don't like Carrion Johnson or the running backs in this game. So, strictly passing for me. And like, like Derek said, one of those guys may get shadowed. You don't know which one. So, I'm, I'm not hating on TJ Jones in this game. Yeah, and even the tight ends are interesting here. You know, a guy like Michael Roberts flashing that Miami game. We know he can score touchdowns going back to his days at Toledo. He's minimum price. Or Luke Wilson will, 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 is 2500 So. You know, maybe they entered the equation as well. But I think it's if Xavier Rhodes is in, it's who's he guarding and we want the other guy. But just looking at it from a 10,000-point view, foot view, Marvin Jones was coming off a big game. I think he'll be the guy people look to. Galladay disappointed. So just looking at that, I lean towards Galladay. But, you know, we're definitely going to have to look at matchups and such. But Michael Roberts, a name to keep an eye on. All right, let's wrap up part one here of the podcast with the Falcons and Redskins chop. Old Adrian Peterson getting it done for team old guys. So do we continue to roster him? He's about the only thing going right in that Washington offense. And this Atlanta team hitting the road, we know that hasn't been a good thing for them. Your thoughts, Falcons and Redskins? Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, can we just address the elephant in the room here? Sure. And how and how great Adrian Peterson is as a uh, what is this his eleventh or so season in the in the league? He's I don't awesome. want to I, I don't want to be the guy who like you know pours one out on the analytics here on the analytics head. But if you go back to the 2007 draft, you could have had the generational Adrian Peterson pick, or you could have taken Jamarcus Russell, or you know uh, <laughs> gone for the franchise quarterback because that's what you're supposed to do. Meanwhile, this guy's 11 years in, and he's carrying the Redskins offensively to a first-place 
in the NFC East. Believe me, he's their best offensive player. It's amazing. So it goes back to what I say. I'm going to keep on saying it because uh, I see guys tweet out and, and talk about they use the generational running back in quotes like, you know, like it's a bad thing. But you take the best player out there and you, you figure out the rest of it later on. So no, no need to stretch for a QB if you're not really sold on him. Uh, meanwhile, a guy like Adrian Peterson can carry you. So uh, against Atlanta, he's firmly in play again at home. This is a good team. They want to, uh, they want to establish the run. Alex Smith is not a pass-heavy quarterback, so Adrian Peterson is in play again. Not a big fan of any of the wide receivers. Jordan Reed's kind of coming around. If he was ever going to come around, this would be the matchup to do it. So maybe you take, maybe you take some Jordan Reed here, but I really like AP in this game. A- AD, I'm sorry, AD all day, Peterson. Oh, I thought we had Halloween, happy Halloween, man. I fooled you. But uh, <laughs> for Atlanta, they're coming off a of bye week, so – that's good for them. That's always good for an offense to come off a bye. I like to target them. What I will be targeting is the passing game here. Uh, you know, the Julio Jones, maybe Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan. I'm certainly not taking Ito Smith due to the fact that Washington's run defense is legit shut down. So maybe Tevin Coleman gets checked down here about seven or eight times out of the backfield on short passes. Who knows? Uh, but I wouldn't take the straight – I wouldn't do the Ito Smith thing this week. That's about it. All right, Derek, wrap us up here. Part one, Falcons and Redskins. Yeah, so first off, Chop, can we play AP, <laughs> AP on DraftKings? Yeah, two to one, AP over AD. It, well, as, as far as I'm concerned, I just need to look at the game log for AD and see what his DraftKings point total was last week. Oh, it was in the 30. All right, yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe you can't play him on DraftKings. He only, he only racked up about 30 points last week. But the previous three weeks, 11, 9, 6, only three catches the last three. I'm just asking. I know, I know. I usually do like a pass-catching running back on DraftKings. But, you know, if you feel like the matchup is right, then he certainly, you know, you can definitely like him. I mean, the price tag is just not going up anywhere. You know, even if you look at an 11-point game, 6K, that's not going to, like, sink you. We're we're over here, you know, getting sunk by guys like Jermaine Kearse putting up zeros. I mean – Peterson's not going to do that. But, I mean, yeah, I prefer the pass-catching running back on DraftKings. You're right. Yeah, I definitely like the matchup for AP. And, you know, maybe against the Falcons, he'll see a few extra targets just because, uh, you know, the, the the targets funnel two running backs into the middle of the field when you're facing the Falcons. Maybe he gets a couple catches in this one. Uh, I do think Chris Thompson's interesting just because, you know, if they're playing from behind, this would be a great Chris Thompson spot against this defense. Outside of the two running backs, not really – too interested uh, in the Redskins. I mean, uh, we have Alex Smith. He scored between 12 and 19 fantasy points in every game so far this season, uh, which is pretty pretty Alex Smith-like. I uh, don't want to play with that. Julio Jones, did you guys see the tweet by FanDuel the other day where they said, what's going to come first, uh, Ben Simmons three-pointer or a Julio Jones touchdown? Uh, which side do you guys got? Uh, I'll take Ben Simmons if I finally hit a three. Like I say, Julio – I think he's allergic to that, that chalk that they put on the field or something. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll both go a whole season without making it one. That would be uh, pretty good. But, yeah, Julio's on pace to break all the receiving records and uh, not find the end zone. Uh, we know Josh Norman doesn't really shadow as much uh, in Washington, so we're not too worried about that. We saw Odell have a big game uh, against Washington last week. So I do like Julio. Overall, I mean, for this game uh, – you know, these two teams, I would think I would have more interest, but uh, not a ton of interest on my side. 
All right, guys, that'll wrap us up here for part one of the DFS OGs podcast. Appreciate you guys, as always, tuning in. Guys, any final thoughts here? We'll save the bold calls for part two. We don't have a ton of games uh, in part two, but any final thoughts here on the main slate to wrap us up? Derek? Uh, Part one will be coming out on Halloween, so just uh, be safe out there. Uh, If you're drinking, don't drive. And, uh, yeah, have some fun. Chop, final thoughts here, part one of the Week 9 podcast. I just have to ask Derek a question. If you're the GM of the Raiders and the year is 2007 and you see Jamarcus Russell on the board (laughs) and you see Adrian Peterson, do you take the franchise quarterback or do you pull the trigger on the generational running back? That's all I got to say. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, <laughs> but uh, yeah. No, hindsight's a hundred percent. You always know the right answer. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a good point. So, yeah. All right. I no final thoughts for me. I agree with uh, some stuff. Chop saying. I mean, <laughs> obviously, I'm giving people a hard time, right. but you I know, mean, we, we like to have some fun here. So, well, no, speaking no. of hard time, how about the guy calling Chop out on Twitter? Hey, oh, oh, I was, was going to get to that next next, oh, next segment. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll discuss that in part two. We got yeah, a lot yeah, to talk yeah. about in part two. I'm going to talk about some DraftKings pricing. We're going to figure out what frustrates Chop more. Is it air yards? Is it Halloween? Is it Maybe it's the old, good old Dean, 789265, whatever that number is. So we'll answer that. We'll talk some more analytics, and we'll break down the games, of course. So thank you again for tuning in. For Chop, for Noto, I am Beer saying salut, and we'll see you back here in part two. Happy Halloween, everybody.